This is The Recap, a weekly reflection on the sermons of Fellowship Baptist Church in Mainville, Ohio, seeking to help you make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. I'm your host this week, Ryan Land, and I'm here with the preacher of this week's sermon, Brent Wilson. We're back, Brent. We're it's back, like, baby. Uh, it's like season two. Season two of t- The Recap. Took a little took a little summer break. Yep. And now we're back. Now for we're here. The we're taking a picture. Wait, t- I was talking. <laughs> oh, we're taking yeah, a, okay. We're taking a selfie. Oh, I, I like <laughs> too many things at one time. Can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are back to discuss our new sermon series. We just kicked off on Sunday. Membership matters. And the way you say that really matters because it could be membership matters. Just As like in the matters of the matters of membership or it could be membership matters which means membership is of import or important as <laughs> yeah. normal people would say. Yep. And so uh, I thought uh, I thought that's that's really good little double entendre there. And so uh, first before we before we jump into the content of this week's sermon particularly, uh, let's just unpack a little bit for people why we're honing in on this topic now. Yeah, and uh, you know why are we why are we doing this series? So if you go back, I talked about in the sermon. Uh, there's been since I've been here, which will be five years next month, which doesn't seem like five years. I feel like it's been two. But um, so since I've gotten here, you know, wanted to get healthier and healthier. And one of the ways we needed to get healthier was in our ecclesiology, which ecclesiology is the the doctrine of the church. It comes from the Greek word ecclesia, um, means the gathering of the church. And so we need to get healthier there. And so we did a couple of things. You know, we, we've improved our uh, process for membership. You know, mm-hmm. we've got this starting point class people have to come to, learn about the DNA of the church, what the church believes, membership, all these different kinds of things. Uh, and then they have to have an a, a, a interview with me or one of our elders where they talk about their testimony. We confirm that they understand the gospel, that they've been converted uh, and truly trust in Jesus, that they are Christians. Um, and, and then the second thing we did to kind of improve our ecclesiology was kind of fix our leadership structure, uh, which was actually having um, a biblical view of a plurality of elders. Mm-hmm. So we made that move um, and we've raised up elders and uh, elder and pastor, kind of the same office, same word there. And so uh, we did that. And so this is kind of the next step in that journey of, of deepening our ecclesiology to say, hey, we want to have a deep, robust view of the church. Um, and understanding of the church and our role in that. And so we need to understand that we are covenanting together. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I did define kind of what is a church because I think it's important to understand what a church is and what a church isn't because uh, it kind of lends itself to, okay, why are we making a covenant? Well, you know, why is a Bible study in your home not a church? You know, Bible study in your home is a good thing, a great thing. You should mm-hmm. do that. Um, but what makes our gathering together a church and not the Bible study you have in your home, a church. Well, the historical Baptist definition uh, would say uh, a church is one who uh, practices the two ordinances, that is baptism and the Lord's Supper, who has the two offices, that is the office of deacon, the office of elder, um, and willfully uh, chooses to covenant together Mm -hmm. for the purpose of being a church. So one, they are actively recognizing, hey, we're a church. And we're going to come in together and we're going to be together and we're going to be in and for the gospel. 
while and then therefore we're going to have these two offices and practices these two ordinances so that makes us a church it's not a steeple that makes us a church it's not having having a, a service that makes us a church it is the covenanting together and practicing these very specific church functions and offices yeah so this this is a this is a question i think that is really important and especially as we're just talking about this over the next couple of weeks is why, why care so much about a covenant membership? Why, uh, why make it harder to join that? Why can't just anybody join the church? Like why, why is it important for us to take this seriously? Yeah. Two things come to mind there. Number one, you know, it's a loving thing to do at the front end to draw lines in the sand of what cooperation looks like, mm-hmm. right? So we are coming together to serve one another, to serve the church, to put our money together, to put our time and resources together to do something. Well, if we just say, hey, any and everybody who even kind of likes Jesus, y'all come on in with us. Well, there are going to be problems that arise right. down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to say, hey, well, I think we ought to baptize our babies. And, and some of us are going to go, uh, no, no, we don't think the Bible teaches that. Uh, and some people are going to say, well, I think we should do, uh, you know, we shouldn't really care about missions. We should just go and and have a holy have, huddle, have a holy, do social justice ministry explicitly yeah, yeah. or something. It's like, no, okay. So we we need to set the parameters now for what it means to belong to this fellowship, this mm-hmm. local church, so that later down the road we're not like, hey man, this isn't going to work out. You know, yeah. if you go back in history, this is this is what happened after the Protestant Reformation. They were all together, and it's like you got the Catholics and then everyone else, and then they mm-hmm. quickly started realizing, oh, we've got some big differences, and therefore uh, the Lutherans split off. You know, oh yeah, uh, people split off from the Lutherans and became Presbyterians. Then more people split off and became Baptists or became Church mm-hmm. of England or whatever. And so it's like, uh, you know, these things are what we would call second tier issues that they're big enough that they divide us. Mm-hmm. And so first, we want to lay out the basis for our coming together. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would say is, um, you know, you've got the, this, this, this basis, but then also it's like, uh, these things are, you know, if, if our church, um, uh, uh, doctrinal statement tells us, here's what we believe and our church covenant tells us, here's how we live here. Here's, here's who we are. Here's, yes, here's kind of the, the family rules. Yeah. This is what we're striving to be. This is, you know, every, Every team, every family, every organization has this. It's like, hey, this is our culture. This is, you know, we're all we're gonna we're gonna fall short of this sometimes, but mm-hmm. we're we're aiming to fulfill these things. This is how we want to live. You know, a doctrinal statement just tells us what to believe. Right. This is telling us how we actually function mm-hmm. amongst each other uh, and and the ideals we're trying to live up to. Yeah. T- tell me if this is a statement you'd agree with that we have a high view or a healthy view of church membership. Because we want people to have a high view of being a church member. Oh, yeah, certainly. You know, I think, uh, you know, I've been in churches where either membership didn't exist or basically anybody, you just fill out a form and, oh, okay, hey, you're a member now. And, you know, the church is running 200 people and there's 3,000 people on the roll. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like at that point, it, it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Um, it's, it's, it's my name's on a roll. Mm-hmm. And we're saying, hey, membership actually is quite a bigger deal than a name being on the roll. Um, as we're going to see in the coming weeks, you know, uh, uh, you know, as the church comes together to uh, to make big decisions or to remove people from membership because mm-hmm. they've proven to be unbelievers or different things like that. It's like the authority. We're congregational, right? Mm-hmm. So the authority lies in the church. Yeah. Therefore, 
you don't just want anyone to have that authority. We want to make sure these are not only Christians, but Christians that we agree with on the most serious big topics. Right. You've mentioned this word uh, a couple of times, and this is you know, in your definition for what is a church, you know, we, you know, the two ordinances, the two offices, and then covenanting together. And so let, quickly, what what is that? What is what is covenanting? Yeah, yeah, great question. I'm glad you said that because that's a, that's a word we don't use really anymore. Yeah. I think probably marriage is the only time we ever hear that yeah. ever talked about. So a covenant is like a contract or like an agreement, but it is more relational than a, a mere contract. And so it's a it's an agreement between two or more parties. Uh, we see God making covenants with humanity where God promises to do something or to not do something. So you know, in the Noahic covenant, God promised not to flood the world or destroy the world again. In the Abrahamic covenant, God promises to save the world through Abraham's offspring. Uh, but then you see covenants between individuals, um, you know, over land, over protection. You see one between David and Jonathan over how their how their friendship will, you know, uh, supersede politics, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so it's this agreement between two people in a marriage. We're covenanting to never divorce each other, to be faithful to each other, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and so in our church covenant, we're saying, hey, we're all choosing to agree to treat each other and live amongst each other uh, in a particular certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I think one thing that as we're as we're talking about this new church, this new church covenant, it's like the the weight or the. W E I G H T, right? Not the not the weight, W A I T, but like the weight or the yeah. the the seriousness of which we make covenants together, mm-hmm. uh, and so that leaving the you know you, you used the example of the of the YMCA right in your sermon. It's like leaving the church is not just canceling your. It's not like just canceling your YMCA membership, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't like how they redid the pool or yeah. how they redid the weight room or whatever. But when you think of it like a, a marriage, it's a release, this relational contract. It's like leaving the church is more like a divorce and less like, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, in canceling a subscription or a, or a membership right, right, right. to Costco. And, and, and in the covenant, we haven't got here yet at the end, it says, you know, if you move away, yeah, that, yeah. that you'll seek to find a, a similar church. And so it's like, hey, you know, there are there are good reasons to leave a church. Mm-hmm. The number one being you move to a different location, mm-hmm. right? And so there's actually um, allowances for that in the covenant itself. Uh, but yeah, we want the covenant, we want church membership to be uh, more covenantal and less consumeristic, mm-hmm. right? We live in a very consumeristic world where yeah. I go and get the best product for the cheapest price and and if, if this company lets me down, I'll just go to a new company. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about me and what I can get. It's like, we do, and we've had that relationship with the church. You know, many of us have and have seen that wreak havoc in the church. And it's like, hey, man, we can't treat the church in the same way that we treat Kroger, right? Yeah. In the same way that we treat Amazon or whatever. It's like, we're, we don't have a consumer relationship where it's like, hey, I show up, I tithe, I serve in the nursery once a month, and, and therefore, you guys need to make sure you're giving me what I want. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not the attitude. Rather, this is a, a family to which we belong, to which we were all partnering together in and for the gospel uh, to advance it, to hold it, uh, hold the line, advance the gospel, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and do mission, all these things. And it's like, we're here together for a collective purpose, mm-hmm. not, and we, and we get things out of that to be yeah, sure, yeah. but we're not here for the mere purpose of I'm paying something to get something out. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not. It's not my own enjoyment. It's not my own comfort, right? That keeps me here. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and in fact, it's like, oh, actually, I'm going to sacrifice mm-hmm. comfort, sacrifice preference, sacrifice myself mm-hmm. for the sake of others. Yeah, you know, that's this week's sermon coming up. So sneak peek. It's like, hey, man, my my goal is to serve everyone else. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's just kind of go through quickly those those uh, four the four A's. Uh, that that you gave us on Sunday. Man, just, love when I can alliterate a uh, sermon. Man, and alliterate would be the fifth A. Oh, man, <laughs> missed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, same anchor, same alliteration. Anyway, uh, so let's let's just kind of unpack those things. Uh, you know, maybe you get yeah. to say some things you didn't you didn't get to say. So the first one was the the same anchor. We're rooted in the gospel, which yeah. is one our our first core value. Right. Uh, anytime we list our core values, are is is being rooted in the gospel. Uh, and so, you know, what, what, right. So all four of these things, I, I kind of position this as these are the beginning basis for our being able to covenant together. We've yeah. got to all have these things and these are more than just things we believe. And so the same anchor of the gospel, uh, is, you know, I, I almost wanted to call it the arrival because mm-hmm. I wanted to say, Hey, we all arrive by the gospel. None of us come into the family of faith by uh, other means of, mm-hmm. of religiosity or being good or anything like that. We come by being in the gospel, but, yeah. but it's also our anchor. And so, you know, it is the thing that motivates us. You know, I joked about the, uh, this is funny. I don't know if I told you this or not, but, um, I joked about the dentist, right. And how the dentist makes you feel guilty and like, mm-hmm. Hey, you need a brush better. You need a floss better. And, and how that guilt doesn't actually motivate. And then mm-hmm. the guilt doesn't motivate for the long term in any year right. of life. Someone actually, uh, texted me, like, hey, I think you got a, the wrong dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my dentist. You should go check them out. <laughs> it's, it's probably like your chiropractor. It's like in a gas station or something. <laughs> That's so um, funny. So, uh, but but yeah, so like the gospel, uh, you know, we, we think that the gospel is this this thing for uh, lost people, right? Or for yeah, new yeah. Christians. Hey, the gospel is how you come in. But actually the gospel is, you know, Paul says, the gospel in which you received and in which you stand and by which you're being saved. Yeah. And so it's not something we ever get over. It's something we go deeper into. Mm-hmm. It's what provides the motivation by which we are going to accomplish the commands of God to God and to each other. Uh, it is the motivation by which we're going to fulfill his mission. Uh, it's the thing that's going to keep us centered, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got these different extremes, right? You got legalism and licentiousness, like, like either I'm all about the rules or I'm all about grace. I can do whatever I want. The gospel mm-hmm. says, no, 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 no. Both of those are wrong. And it centers us uh, on how to hate our sin yet show grace. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the churches that are super legalistic, right? You walk in and someone walks in with a hat on and everyone's dead eyeing them and staring mm-hmm. at them like, how dare you wear a hat in this holy place? Yeah, yeah. Flip flops or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and the, but then the church that's all about grace is like, you know, people are coming in and it's like, oh, you know, you're same sex, uh, living in a same sex, unrepented relationship. You know what? You do you, man. Yeah. 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 And it's like, no, both of those things are wrong. Mm-hmm. And we've got to hate sin and show grace. Yeah. In this well, tangent. well, I think even with the, the image of the anchor, right, it's like every, you know, it's like, well, let's just take every gospel preaching, Bible believing church, right, is going to drift in one direction or the other. You're going to be more legalist. You're going to be more kind of free grace. You're going to be more contemporary. You're going to be more traditional. You're going to be, you know, there's all these directions in which uh, you could drift, uh, but you're always going to be, you're not going to go too far, right? When the gospel is your anchor, mm, right? Yeah. And so it's like, that's what we may, like our, our preferences will change, our our culture, uh, you know, uh, by that I mean like what we wear, the music we, we mm-hmm. like that's all going to change. 
But when the gospel is the anchor, yeah, right, you'll never, you'll never go. You know, you you can't be going too far. Oh, another, mm-hmm. another that's a great point. Another great example would be like sometimes we'll, we we say, hey, we want to do whatever it takes to reach people. Oh yeah, yeah. right. And I remember I remember sitting in a in a youth ministry meeting when I was a youth pastor with these other youth pastors, and they're like, hey guys, I just think if we bring in a BMX team uh, that can you know do like some stunts and stuff, like we'll see a lot of kids get saved. And it's like. I remember just sitting there like, or, or a lot of kids get hurt on BMX bikes. <laughs> so what is this dude talking about? And it's like, you know, when you're rooted in the gospel, we don't say, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes to get people saved. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes within the framework of faithfulness to the gospel yeah, yeah. to get people saved. And so it, it anchors us to say, hey, you know what? Doing A, B, or C may not be the right approach. Yeah. And this, this kind of leans, leads into the next, the next A, I think. But when you, you know, when the gospel is your anchor, every decision you make yeah. has to go through it. Right? right. It's like, is this glorifying? Is this ultimately glorifying God? Is this, uh, you know, preaching the gospel, this, this program, this, uh, this curriculum, this song, this whatever, right? Every decision we make as a church, as yeah. church members, yeah. it's like, is this thing we're doing so, so a great example of that is uh, i don't remember the church but some years ago there was a church on easter that sang highway to hell um, yeah and you know they thought oh this is a great idea we're gonna shock people and whatever mm-hmm. and sing highway to hell uh and you know this is a judgment call yeah, yeah you know and so people may land on different places of this but as i look at that i say i look at that and go i don't think that's glorifying god yeah i don't think that's making much of jesus to sing this secular song that really is it's glorifying the it's highway glorifying to hell. hell. Not, it's not a. Yeah. It's not a warning. Yeah, and so uh, so we we'll say, hey, let's not do that. Yeah, uh, and so I think you're right that it it, it is the guide for decisions. And, and here's the here's the thing. I, I hinted at this a little bit in the sermon, but I, I didn't have a lot of time to go into it. There are a lot of decisions that are kind of neutral. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, like they they bring God glory, but. Not very like directly or like like obvious maybe obviously is a better word. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, we think we ought to paint the walls this color. Or we're in the in the middle of a bathroom remodel, right? We're gonna make these decisions about the, the bathroom. Uh and it's like this person liked it, this person doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but is this like actively not glorifying God? Like, are they trying their best to make something beautiful right. and good and helpful? Uh it's like, okay, they're trying their best to glorify God and, and they're certainly not breaching that. Yeah. And if I don't like the the color they chose, you know what? I can I can get over that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I, I often in youth when we talk about this concept, right? The that there's sort of morally neutral decisions. It's like you think you pick a shirt in the morning between yeah. a blue shirt and a yellow shirt, that's morally neutral. But if you if you pick a shirt that says smoke weed every day, Right. Then, then there's <laughs> there's a moral element has come in, yeah. right? And so as long as we're not doing something degrading mm-hmm. to the to the bathroom, right, or to the church or to the program yeah. or whatever, it's like we well, we can disagree mm-hmm. uh, on on how we do certain things. Right. Right. But as long as if if I look at you and, and you're doing this thing in order to reach people or to advance the gospel or disciple people. And I go, you know what? That's just not my cup of tea. But mm-hmm. man, that dude's really trying to glorify God. And he's not bridging the scriptures or whatever. It's like, you know what? I'm going to get behind him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to yeah, love yeah. on him and support him. Uh, and like, we can do that. We don't, because mm-hmm. we're never all going to Especially, especially in the context 
of a church member of like a church covenant. Of my local church. Yeah. 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 It's one it's thing, like, if, the one thing if it's a church down the street yeah. doing it, right? We can be like, that's kind of silly. That's not how we would yeah, do these things. Sure. But when it's within our walls, yeah. we can say, this is not my preference. This is not my plan, mm-hmm. but this is my brother. This is my sister. And so yeah. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to support them. I'm going to encourage them. And then if it fails, like I think it does, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there beside them to encourage them, to love them and to help them make it better the next time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, I just knocked the table. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of, so, so aim, t- talk about what you meant by aim. I think we've been kind of dancing around it here. Yeah, that's it. Is that, yeah. that our aim, our, 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 the the thing we're trying to hit in every decision thing we do and how we live not just in our decisions but in my in my holiness mm-hmm. in my repentance in my life before God in church at home at work and everywhere I go in between yeah. is trying to glorify God mm-hmm. you know Paul says whatever you do whether you eat or drink do it all to the glory of God and so it's like we want to be a church where everyone 24 7 365 mm-hmm. is seeking to glorify God and, and, and that even happens in the basic things of eating that, you know, I'm going to sit down and we're going to, we're going to thank God for this food. What, what about if you eat and drink? Both of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So what, what about same attitude? I think, I think actually this is suit when we talk about church membership, this is really important. Uh, and so, so um, unpack what you meant by, by same attitude. Yeah. You know, some of this is culture, right? We want to like yeah. serving Jesus is fun mm-hmm. and it's meant to be joyous. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can have a church culture that like people are doing stuff, but they're just not very happy about it. Yeah. They're always complaining that they have to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, or uh, just sourpusses about it. And it's yeah. like, that's not what we want, man. We mm-hmm. want, we want to serve Jesus with a smile on our face, even if it's hard work, like mm-hmm. with, with joy, like we, get to do this you know i remember one time um in my last church uh i, I didn't get to preach very often and one week i was uh, on, set up to preach and uh, i remember saying to my direct supervisor hey man i gotta go out i've got to preach this week and he said no, no 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 no, you get to preach this week yeah yeah and it was like this kind of mind shift changed for me it's like well that's true this is a privilege mm-hmm. uh and and whether that is preaching whether that is and weeding the garden, cutting the grass, yeah. serving in kids, serving kids, serving whatever, whatever yeah. you get to do for the Lord, you get to do that as yeah. God's steward well, and agent. That that's what I was just about. To, I was just thinking about right when when you have the gospel as your anchor and glorifying God as your aim. Yeah. Then you can't help but think of serving the local church yeah. as a privilege. Yeah. Uh, because the only reason you're here. Is because of an act of generosity by God mm-hmm. through the gospel, right? And the the way you're going to bring Him glory is by serving His people and by mm-hmm. uh, teaching His people and leading His people and cleaning up after His people, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's that that glorifies God and who He is. And so to to look at that as a, as a privilege, right, is is a, I think I think key. And when we when we look at each other as a family, right, it's it's much easy easier to serve your family than it is to to serve strangers true like, i don't want to go bust tables at you know <laughs> shooters or putters or whatever yeah like i would hate that yeah but when me and darcy are done eating and she's cooked and it's like it's easy for me to go do the dishes because i love her and, and she cares for me and, mm-hmm. and so this becomes much easier and so in the same way it's like we can serve each other's families and uh you know le- and kids ministry and youth ministry and put up tables and chairs and clean yeah. tables and all that stuff because we 
Well, well, Evan, and, and, serve one right, and let me say a thing that I think will be hard for some people to hear. You know, I, this has been said to me in, in every church you've ever been in where it's like, hey, we need some people serving kids ministry. And people's response is, well, it's the people who have kids that should be serving in kids mm-hmm. ministry. Uh, and I that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, and even more so now, it's like, if anything, it actually should be the opposite of that. It should be the people the people who have the kids or with the kids all the time. It's like, they yeah, actually yeah. need to hear from someone else other than their parents. Yeah, and, like, and it should just be a joy for, like, and again, people may not like to hear this, but, you know, people say, it's like, I'm just not a kid person. You know, I just don't like kids. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you love your church family, it's like, you're going to want to invest in their kids, right? And their yeah. families, right? And if we're striving to be like Jesus, you know, Every every picture Bible right has the story of like you know, the disciples are saying, "Hey, Jesus isn't really a kid person. Hey, G, uh, keep keep your family. Jesus is not really a kid person." And then Jesus is like, "What the heck are you guys doing? Get out of my way! Bring yeah, he's like, to me. bring him to me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's upset with them. He he rebukes yeah. them. Yeah, uh, and because he longs to have those kids come and sit under his teaching and yeah. and so." In our emulation of Jesus, should we not be the same way? Oh, absolutely. To long and see kids yeah, sit under the teaching of Jesus. And, and I don't want to make that a too broad of a statement. You know, we've got a lot of people who serve in kids' ministry who are grandparents, right? I've been serving kids' ministry for a long time. And I think that's awesome because now these kids almost have spiritual grandparents. Oh, for sure. Lord. But it's like we want that to grow. Yeah. We want people to look and say, you know what? The, the kids being discipled in our church isn't the responsibility of some. It's all of our responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a need, I, I want to be the first to step up. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I think, and this happens at more, at, you know, the larger our church gets, the more this can be uh, an issue where it's like, hey, you know, we, we pay for that to happen. You know, like a lot of churches will pay for child care workers to come in at mm-hmm. certain times. And it's like the more you do that, the more people are like sit, can sit back and go, oh, yeah, we, we, we just yeah, someone yeah. else will take care of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. We want to have the attitude of if there's a need, I'm the first in line. Yeah. And if everyone has the attitude of I'm first in line, everything will get done and it won't all fall on one person. Mm-hmm. There's a, a classic kind of rule. People say 20 uh, percent of the people do 80 percent of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't want that to be the case. We want 100% right. people doing 100%, 100% of the work. 1% each. Yes. <laughs> and the load is lighter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so. so it's funny what like what that sounds like to some people is like, oh, you're asking like so much of me. But actually what we're doing is saying like, we're just going to share the load equally, yeah. right? And so if, if you're thinking, oh, you're asking so much of me, there's probably someone who's doing a lot more than, yeah. than, than you yeah, actually you, know or think. Right, for sure. So, so that's not that. that not that guilt is a motivator, no. right? An active motivator, right? Well, we want we want our service to be motivated by by joy, by a longing uh, to be part of God's family, to be active in God's family. Yeah. So, uh, anchor, aim, attitude, finally, authority. Yeah, we've got to have the same final authority. Um, so, and we, in, in the language of the covenant, it is that the the scriptures are the final arbiter on all issues. Right. So whether that's a, an issue between two people, an issue between, hey, this person wants to start this ministry mm-hmm. um, or an issue of this person believes this, this other person believes that. It's like when, you know, there are certainly areas like we talk about, you know, there are gray areas, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the Bible d- does not speak to all things. Right. 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 It's like people are arguing about a math problem. Like, yeah, yeah. The Bible's not fixing this issue for us. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Um, but 
Uh, but where the Bible does speak, it speaks finally mm-hmm. authoritatively, and we submit to it. Yep. And if I'm wrong, I change. If you're wrong, you change. And that's not a me rubbing that in your face. That's mm-hmm. a like, we we all have to do that, right? Yeah. Every one of us have come to the scriptures and been like, oh, yeah, I, I missed the boat on that one. I need to change that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if I get to help you or you get to help me uh, conform my life more to the scriptures, that's a joy for both of us. Yeah. And shouldn't be like a, a rub in your face sort of thing. Yeah. And so uh, the Bible just has to be our final authority on all issues. And, uh, and, and also, as, in a sense, also an anchor mm-hmm. because, you know, the world's always changing. Yeah. And the values 30, 40, 50 years ago are not the same today. And 50 years from now, they're going to be different again. And, and so as culture changes and shifts and value shift, uh, we want to be anchored in what has always been true and what will always be true and is unchanging. Uh, and that's the word of God. And so um, we're going to anchor and stay on that no matter what happens. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, you talk about stuff changing. What One kind of practical example I I can think of is, you know, I think before COVID happened Mm. uh, and I'm trying to pull up some, uh, pull up some, some, some data from, from Pew research, but that before COVID, it was less likely for someone to say they were actively engaged in a church and only attend online. Mm. But post COVID, I think that number is probably higher, right? Of people who say like, oh yeah, I go, I go to that church, but they've been once. And so, so say that again, that, that they would say what? So they would say, I'm actively engaged with this church, but uh-huh. only, but for the majority watch online would be lower than it is now. Oh, more people watch online. Yeah, I think more people, and not just more people watch online, but more people think that they're meaningfully connected to the mm-hmm. life of the church by just watching online. Right. And so if you're going to have that argument, I think- you know, or that discussion with someone, you're going to have to say, well, hey, man, Hebrews says do not neglect gathering together as some of you do. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're going to have to deal with that. And, and it seems pretty clear to me uh, that, you know, to submit to the authority of the scriptures means to physically be together with the body of Christ right. uh, when they are gathered. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it's not enough to be there digitally, to be there right. online. It's good. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But you're not actively engaged with the church. Right. Uh, you're a consumer yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, just just interesting. Like, th- there's an example of a of a thing that's radically changed. I think just in the last three years, mm-hmm. uh, because of you know cultural winds and mm-hmm. uh, pathogens. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, that that we would you know. But, like, but yeah, but, but I attend online. Yeah, but the, and the scriptures anchor us in the truth. Yeah. To say and and, and it, it'll take this further, you know, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but. Uh, you know, there's this growing movement that, hey, you know, as VR comes out, we can mm-hmm. do church in virtual oh, reality. Th- I mean, there are churches that are selling their buildings because they're like, we don't have to meet there anymore. Yeah, we'll just, everybody can put a headset on in their home and we'll yeah. be together. Yeah. And so we want to reject that and say, no, the scriptures tell us that we don't want to forsake gathering. Yeah. And we're embodied creatures and we need to be physically present uh, together. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this is why. Uh, theology, doctrine, knowing the scripture matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not in a D group, uh, I want to encourage you to get in one because uh, we're about to start a book in a couple of weeks called You Are a Theologian. And it's going to take you through what we call systematic theology, right? Just kind of theology, the Bible systematized into some helpful categories. Mm-hmm. Right? Who is God? What is sin? Who, what is humanity? These kinds of things. And while it might not seem super practical 
on the front end. Like, you know, it's not a book on marriage. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly practical in so much of your life because as you have conversations with mm-hmm. people, as you try to help your adult children, as you mm-hmm. try to disciple other people, as you think through issues as they come, if you're trying to play catch up when an issue comes and you're trying to think about it and then get all the theology, you're going to get it. You're going to totally blow it. Yeah. But if you on the front end can understand uh, some some theological mm-hmm. Bible doctrine, uh, then when these things happen, you'll be more grounded and rooted yeah. and it won't sway you. Yeah. The best example of that is, you know, talking about God as Trinity. The Bible never uses the word Trinity. It's yeah. a theological concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't seem super practical on the front end. It's like, so God, one in three persons, got it. But that's why there's no low range, there can be no Lone Ranger Christians. If God himself must exist in community, then so must his followers. Ooh. And so, so like there's a, there's just one example of right yeah. how a theological knowledge leads you to what we would say is application or practical. I'm doing yeah. air quotes, you can't see it, but uh, so yeah, def- definitely encourage uh, people to join a D group and and read that book now because it will complement the the when we're giving points of application or or uh, practical use like in church membership or in uh, you know whatever we're talking about in, in your Sunday school classes or in the in the morning sermon, it's like it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna buttress that application. It's gonna reinforce it, mm-hmm. uh, or you are gonna have to come to us and be like. Hey, you said this, but the you know theology studying the Bible says this. How do we how do we unify those two things? Or are are you wrong or am I wrong? It's like, and that's how it's supposed to be. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, you know, I think just to, just to wrap this up, I think membership does matter, and so often in our churches, uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. And so we've all grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in churches where it is not mattered. And so this is going to be new for some of us. Mm-hmm. I think most people in, instinctively hear and go, oh yeah, that, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I hope that's you. Um, but we want our belonging together to be deep and rich and important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. vital and life-giving. And so we want to go ahead and talk about that, put the parameters around that. Um, and and this is not going to be a, a one-and-done sermon series, right? This is the kind of thing like, we want to ever be before us. We want to be reading it mm-hmm. at time to time, uh, and that's the culture we want to inculcate into our uh, into our body that we would live up to these things. So this was week one, yep. five weeks total in this. Uh, uh, by the end of it, you'll have read the entire covenant. And just just as a for our church, if you know if you're in our church, here's here's the process. We'll preach through this sermon series, then we'll pass out the entire covenant so you can all read it at our next members meeting. Uh, we will uh, you know can discuss it if anybody has any questions, but uh, we will vote to adopt this officially into our church constitution where it will become our official covenant. And then as new people join the church, they will affirm the covenant. Correct. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by voting it in, yep. we are affirming it. We are, the church body now will be affirming it. Right. Um, and if anyone doesn't affirm it, then, you know. we got to enter into a conversation yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. Like, see where the disagreement lies. And, yeah. Um, uh, but then, yes, in starting point, we'll go over it. Great. Yeah. So awesome. Hey man, it's fun to be back. I know it's good. It's good to be back. Thank you uh, for joining us this week for the recap. We hope it has encouraged you to keep striving to make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. If you aren't part of this church family that we've been talking about, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday morning. We gather for worship at 1030 AM. For more information, you can always go to myfellowship.church. Be blessed.